first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Run It Back. I am your host, Ralph Compiano, and I am an editor at Burbs Entertainment. Today, I am joined by my Run It Back co-hosts, Jack Martin and Evan Northrup, and we are once again joined by, for a second time appearing on the podcast, Sarah Smith. Last week, Sarah helped us talk about Lady Bird. This week, we are going to be talking about David Fincher's Fight Club, uh, a movie about the duality of man, Brad Pitt's true self, and man tits. It is perhaps one of the most divisive movies of the last 30 years. It is beloved by millions. Some would argue that it may be too beloved because of incels and that kind of toxic masculinity bullshit. Uh, but it's also despised by a great many as well. This movie came out in 1999. I believe it's Fincher's third or fourth uh, feature length film, um, at least popping onto the scene. This is probably the one that got him the most attention um, after his first couple of movies, Panic Room, The Game, and Seven. Um, I mean, it's it's Fight Club. It's probably one of the most popular films for our generation, just because I think everybody that decides that they want to start liking movies starts with Fight Club. Uh, so, Jack, what was your kind of first like initial interaction with Fight Club? Because you're an angsty guy. You love setting shit on fire. Um, how did this movie speak to you? The first time I watched it was in Michigan on my computer. When I was at my cousin's house, and I watched it shortly after Sarah did, and she—I remember her really liking it. And it was free on Prime, so I watched it, and I loved it. I watched it kind of like broken up, in different parts, just because I had to keep like running upstairs and doing other things, and it was also on my computer. So watching it this time was awesome, but it really just kind of spoke to the anarchic side in me that I'll never act on. And just kind of had me sitting there being like, yeah, let's like burn it to the ground. Fuck the system, man. Everyone's relying on their own things too much. And also, I must say, Edward Norton's character, for as psychotic as he is, his apartment's really nice. apartment's really nice. Sarah, uh, is this movie as cathartic for you as it is for Jack? Because Jack, he's talking about, like, this is his wishes and desires fulfilled on screen. Do you feel the same way, or are you a little bit more relaxed? <laughs> no. I, I actually like this movie better than the first time I watched it than I did this time around because I just I don't think it's a uh, necessarily doing as much as everyone makes it out to be doing like I think it's supposed to be a whole bit that his apartment's nice because they're doing commentary on materialism and I get it but I also think that you know it's not the only film that's ever made these points well you know it's also like I mean there's a huge twist and once you know the twist you're going to look at the movie differently like through a whole different lens the second time around, um, which I think it actually kind of benefits from in a way, but also like that big reveal is huge. 
kind of like seven, I guess, in a way. Um, what about you, Evan? What are your general thoughts on this movie? Um, this is a weird movie for me because I watched it really young. I watched it in third or fourth grade. I was staying the night at my best friend's house, and I like can't sleep with noise. And right before he's going to sleep, he's like, "Oh, like I've seen, like he his parents must have had it or something. I don't know how." He puts this movie on, and I ended up watching the whole two hours and ten minutes or whatever. And he's like asleep, and it was so fucked up. I thought it was the weirdest movie I'd ever seen. All those weird like scenes where he's having sex but he's not having sex and he's dreaming about it i distinctly remember seeing those and thinking like this is some of the craziest shit i've ever seen and then i came back to it like, i would hope so ago. you were a third or yeah. fourth grader i would hope it was the craziest thing you'd seen up to that point unless you're watching mass amounts of porn all the time but continue. i don't know it's like that or a thousand ways to die was uh <laughs> number one <laughs> dude i was talking about that, that, day. that shit was crazy. i think a thousand ways to die could explain so much about uh millennials these days but anyway when i watched the when i had my first rewatch like five or six years ago it was less weird than i thought it was going to be just because it had such like a built up i don't know image in my mind but i really love it um i liked my second rewatch this time um yeah i'm proud of you for growing up uh you turned out into an unbelievable man i love you personally you could have gone a whole different path You could have easily been Edward Norton in this movie. You kind of look like Edward Norton. I'm always going to find somebody to connect you to in these movies. It's not that you have a plain face. You just have you have, mo- you have movie star qualities. Um, so the letterbox summary of this movie is mischief, <laughs> mayhem, and soap. A ticking time bomb insomniac and a slippery soap salesman channel primal male aggression into a shocking new form of therapy. Their su- concept catches on with underground fight clubs and they ignites an out of control spiral toward oblivion it is sitting at a 4.3 on letterboxd which is like crazy impressive like the highest rated movie of all time on letterboxd is parasite at a 4.6 but on rotten tomatoes it only has 79 percent. so i think critics kind of veer towards this movie and then like i said earlier like people that think of themselves as movie critics like us like we like this movie we appreciate it for what it is it's so there's so many technological achievements like just the stuff that fincher does with the camera is fucking insane like i'm like how does he do a lot of this stuff so i think that's why it's a 4.3 on letterbox and a little bit less on rotten tomatoes um but if you had one word to describe this film sarah what would your one word be oh hbc this movie's all about hannah bolton carter for me i'm obsessed with her I, I wouldn't have watched this movie if she wasn't in it. That was my selling point. I'm so excited she's to talk really about her. This movie. Oh my God, she's you so too. fucking good in this. Um, I'm so right, what about you, Jack? Jack and Evan, give me uh, give me one word to describe this movie for you guys. Anarchy. <laughs> Predictable. <laughs> you fucking felon. Yeah. <laughs> I said gritty. Like the house, the characters, everybody running around in his box, boxer, boxers. It's just gritty. It's dirty. I, I had simulation because it doesn't feel real. It feels like this movie came out in a different universe and it accidentally slipped into this one because I've never seen anything like this. Like this shit is just so weird, but it's also like, like he talks about it, like when he's dealing with his insomnia, like nothing feels real to him. This movie doesn't feel real to me either. It's like, everything is just going so fast and I can't keep track of like where we are and when we are and all that kind of stuff. So that'd be mine. Um, all right. So for our all film first team, the first few categories of this are pretty self-explanatory, but if, in case you haven't listened to the podcast yet, the all film first team is similar to the all NBA teams. 
uh, at the end of each season, which features two guards, two forwards, and one center. Uh, the guards are kind of like the people who dictate the floor and the ceiling of a team. The forwards are, are people who are really exceeding in their roles to a degree that they need to be recognized. And then our center is somebody that just kind of comes in for like just momentum swinging plays and stuff like that. So I would nominate for our guards that it would be the narrator portrayed by Ev- Ed, portrayed by Norton. And then I think it's pretty obvious that it'd be Brad Pitt as Howard Durden. Do you guys have any complications with that? No. No, no. sir. Okay. Now, I was no. thinking, just play the devil's advocate, that it could be Fincher uh, next to Norton as our other guard, just because when I think about, like, what other director could have possibly done this movie, I don't know who else would have even, like, taken the chance at it or at least made it this eccentric. Evan, is there another director or Jack that comes to mind that you think, like, if they had made this today, like, what director would you want to see? Because, Jack, I, I was thinking about, like, this has, like, the grittiness that, like, the Safties could potentially achieve. And then, Evan, I was also thinking, like, I mean, I'd love to see some other, like, really young director take a stab at this. What do you guys think? I'm I'm on a – this is Fincher's movie. I don't think that anybody else could do this movie. When I, when I rewatched this, that's kind of what stuck out to me is whether you like The Social Network more or whether you like Seven more or any of his other movies, this seems – the most up his alley it's just really weird which i think he does well but it's also just so like grimy just the way that this story is kind of like see everything is grimy there's no like nobody's wearing like a suit in this movie there's no like clean cutness and i think that fincher pulls that off better than anyone else because he does it with style and he still makes it something that you want to watch instead of just grossing you out and making you want to turn away um like Brad Pitt's outfits are just insane and just weird, but they're so they just like you can't stop staring at them. It's like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen anybody wear. Yeah, if there's a pearl necklace on a woman's neck, like somebody would snatch it and then throw it in a gutter because they didn't actually want it. They just wanted to take it away from her. Uh, what about you, Jack? Like, did you think that the Safties like could imitate this? Like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be like the only comparable director that I could like pull towards this, as far as like Evans talking about like the grit and just like the it's like almost filthy in a way like it's a very dirty movie we don't really get any ballrooms or anything like that anything close to that um but yeah what do you think jack i, th- I mean i think it's an interesting thought but it doesn't seem like a safety movie to me just because with them everything kind of feels not like a documentary but they really place you in it and just the way that you know they work with the camera and the way that they have like so many like close-up shots and I think that the shit that they do with, like, overlapping audio and just ramping up the stress levels would work. But I don't know. I just don't think that they would, like... It just... It's not as, like, grounded in reality, I guess, as their other movies. So it seems... I think it'd be cool to see them kind of take that step away from it. But that didn't even come to mind while I was watching it, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but, like, that's that's where I drew the similarities. Like, both of them, like, neither of them give you a comfortable distance as a viewer. Like, they suck you in right away. Like, the very first scene in this movie Mm -hmm. is the end, is the final scene. So, like, they're like, okay, this is what's going to go down. And then they also, like, have, like, those real close-ups of Norton, like, when he's just fucking dull-faced in an office. They have those disgusting colors in the background. It's, like, a really, like, Mm -hmm. just burnt yellow. It's so gross. I can't stand that, but he's so good at that kind of stuff. Um, all right, for our forwards, uh, I believe it would probably be Marlo Singer, Elena Bonham Carter, Sarah Smith's icon. Um, I didn't know who my other one was going to be because I, I guess it would either be Fincher or Pitt here, um, depending on where we landed on the guard spot. 
Um, but yeah, Sarah, use this opportunity. You have the four. Talk about HBC, um, who I was first familiar with from the Harry Potter series and then slowly fell in love with over mm-hmm. time. Um, but yeah, speak on it. I don't know how you couldn't. Um, I actually had her down as a big, and I would argue that this film, like the three of them are like a tripod, like carrying this film. I think any other singular actor in this film, because there are literally no other women, so any other actor in this film could be replaced with anyone, and the three of them were so good that it didn't matter. Like, I just think that, um, yeah, like I, even like Jared Leto and stuff, like all of them, I just don't like their faces, so I think anyone else would have contributed positively to that for me. Jared Leto looks disgusting in this movie. I hate him. They just do such a Job and that's like the only face. other big name they have in this movie from at least like yeah but did you see the joker is jesus today is snyder cut your early contender for movie of the year jack i'm already planning to write a review called i watch the justice league snyder cut so you don't have to <laughs> Dude, please do because i don't want to you don't There's want no to spend four, four hours, hours on that dude <laughs> Not a chance. i'm gonna Two hundred and forty minutes with Zack Snyder and Superman and Batman, dude. I can't spend a what better way to spend like a Thursday night. I'm psyched. I'm fucking. I hate Ben Affleck's Batman. Oh, I, I love Batman. All in on Batman. Batman is sick, dude. Batman is the man. Him. He's so chill. Batman v Superman is not that bad. Be honest. First time you saw a Good Will Hunting, so you're like, that guy should play Batman, right? Like that's that's where I was. <laughs> I would be fine if I never saw Ben Affleck in anything ever again. Oh my God! What? Oh man, this is a hot take. Are we just? <laughs> yeah, I just don't Affleck like him. Pod? I don't like his face. <laughs> I don't like him. I, I don't like his vibes. Him. What about the memes? <laughs> yeah, what those are memes? funny. <laughs> but he doesn't need actually... to be in a movie to make those. That's just him. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna propose that we change the Leo category to the Affleck category because <laughs> I think he's just so. <laughs> He just has so many fucking attributes that you could put him in anywhere. Like I was thinking about putting him in the HBC role here and that he would just wear some tight <laughs> laces and take a bunch of Xanax and threaten to kill himself over the phone. I don't know. I thought he would achieve that role. All right. So for the center. But he's using said, the Batman voice. Yeah, he's using the Batman. Okay. For our center, um, I had Meatloaf as Bob, big tits man at the Death of the He's so yeah. good in this movie. I'm not familiar with Meatloaf's really music. Evan, you, you seem like a big Meatloaf guy. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm not, but I have a funny story where a liberal arts teacher at University of Iowa, you know how some teachers play like music before class? I would say two-thirds of the classes, it was Meatloaf songs. So you'd come in the room and like, what is this? He has really weird music videos. Yeah, there's one song that you would know. I can't think of the name, but um, not really a Meatloaf guy. Did what you guys the catch food? the part? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Go ahead. Do you, guys, do you guys catch the part where it's when they first start, like, vandalizing stuff? And they're, like, covering something up with paint rollers and they run away. And Meatloaf just pulls off, like, the slickest slide of all time. Like, he's running and he drops and does, like, one of those. And it's yes, so smooth, wait. dude. Off the billboard? Yes, it's so that. nice. <laughs> it was incredible. It's so that clean, It takes dude. so much practice. I did not catch that. I didn't know he was so agile. It was like a video game slide. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it, was, like, it was incredible. And I like to believe that the real Meatloaf did it. 
it wasn't just some like fat stunt man. He looked like, like James Bond. Second <laughs> shot. <laughs> Maybe who that's that's who they should use as the next Bond. Not Idris Elba, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, our Jesse Plemons is Bond. <laughs> Jesse Plemons says Bond. I'm I'm bought in. Um, all right. Most valuable scene. So if you took a scene away from this movie, which one would break it down from a 62 one season to a 35 one season? I was just gonna go with IKEA here, um, just like the whole scene of like them going through his apartment and li- labeling everything, um, and then obviously like it ends up burning down, all that kind of stuff. But I also thought that the phone call was a pretty big one for me rewatching this movie because it was like my first hint at like, oh, that seems pretty coincidental that Brad Pitt would just show up to this girl's apartment. Um, so like the second time I watched this movie, I, I forgot the twist. Um, but then I remembered in that instance. I don't know if anybody caught it the first time I saw it. But what about you guys? Did you have any most valuable scenes? I just want to say I've never had like a true experience with this movie because the first time I watched it, I was with my dad and halfway through he goes, so you understand what's happening, right? And I was like, no. And then he told me what was happening. Halfway through the movie, he told me what was happening. And I spent the rest of the movie going, oh, yeah, clearly that's what it is. And so I never really had, like, a standout, like, scene in this movie where I was like, whoa, holy shit, like, this is crazy because of my father. Dads love doing that shit. (laughs) They love doing that shit. Love it. It's infuriating. My dad told me what happens in The Godfather Part 3, like, a few months ago, but I was too baked to remember it, so I'm going to watch that tonight. I'm super (laughs) stoked for it. Uh, What about you, Evan and Jack? I'm watching Part 3 tonight. My thousandth film on Letterboxd. Um, I'm oh, really congrats. excited. It was my hundredth, so I'm way behind. But <laughs> you'll uh, catch up. You'll catch up. So I'm gonna say this with like a grain of salt, but I really like the setup, uh, the the support group scene. And mm-hmm. I know Paul Thomas Anderson recently. I don't know if you guys saw this in an interview. He said he wished that David Fincher would get cancer. They would get testicular cancer. Like about this scene, he was saying it's like the most despicable thing he's ever seen somebody portray on film was like this support group thing but i think it's and i think i read a story about the author or something but i think it's actually such a weirdly not relatable but realistic thing that like this super lonely guy who can't sleep would like start like going to these i don't know i it always hits me as like edward norton like fits in really well into this role this kind of like weird just fading into the back of all these support groups like i can see somebody doing this i guess and i think it's the most like interesting way to lead somebody into a character through this just super odd scenario um so just that sort of mashup up until where he sees marla um might be my most valuable yeah i mean it is despicable like that somebody would put this it really in a movie. Is. yeah but 100%. like but he's a despicable character and we need like that foundation for just how fucking weird he is to like be mm-hmm. able to understand that he developed an alter ego that like challenged his way of living um what about you jack did you have the most valuable scene i mean i really like the that introductory montage of him going to all the support groups because it just builds that insanity within him and then i think to the beginning where him and tyler originally have their first meeting and he brings him to the house and you just kind of see how willing he is to just abandon everything like he shows up to his apartment and it's on fire and he's just kind of like whatever and then he just follows this dude along goes to a bar with him and winds up staying at some rundown place where there's nobody around and I think that just kind of shows his like willingness to 
feed into his insanity. Okay, most underrated, most overrated performances. Who's the first person you guys think of when you think of this movie? Because for me, it's Brad Pitt. And I think that for the majority of people, it's probably Brad Pitt, correct? Okay, Mm -hmm. so I think in a way that makes Norton a little bit underrated just because he is the mainstay of this movie. He's who gets the most screen time. And I don't know who else could do this role. Like he is so perfectly weird and his body is just like small enough, but also you're like, oh, that guy kind of has like that tweaker build. Like he could be a heroin addict for all I know, but also like I get that he's just not sleeping. So I'd nominate him for most underrated. Do you guys have any other nominations? I agree with that. I don't. Yeah, I agree that he's perfect. Edward Norton is like the color gray in this movie. And then Ooh. so like seeing him burst out of his shell is just it works with that with that actor. It really does. Okay, most Rated. I had. I, I, I was just gonna rate. say. I don't. I think I need to hear reasoning for that. I guess. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's necessarily anybody overrated. I guess I don't think anybody ever talks about Jared Leto. I forgot he was in this movie. It's my fifth time seeing this movie. I totally forgot he was in it. Yeah, because he sucks. So yeah, I guess. But nobody's like Jared Leto, standout guy in Fight Club. Should have gotten more screen time. So he doesn't even really do like anything. The, he doesn't do anything. All he does is get his shit rocked. If he gets yeah. shit rocked, like he gets he gets fucked up. Jared Leto also is like hasn't aged over the past thirty years. Like American Psycho, this movie, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like you could switch him in any and wouldn't know the difference. He's like a perpetual twenty nine. Everyone accuses all these. Everyone accuses all these politicians and celebrities of drinking children's blood. Why aren't they asking about Jared Leto? <laughs> he obviously is. I think that's what. Well, yeah. Are him and Army oh, Hammer yeah. hanging out? <laughs> All they do is put fake facial hair on them, and that ages him. That's like literally the only thing. That's I don't believe weird. that he's growing out those beards. Um, all right, top five quotes. Um, last time with the Lady Bird, we went a little bit long. I think we did like I think I did like sixty-five quotes or something like this. This movie is really quotable, but a lot of them are just monologues and just really depressing things. Not a lot. Like there's humor in this movie, but goddamn, is it just fucking as cynical as it gets so here are a few um the things you own end up owning you tyler durden when you have insomnia you're never really asleep and you're never really awake um i really like this one i'd like to thank the academy i thought that was just kind of like a nice little stab in there because like i don't think norton had even been nominated for an oscar probably fincher probably hadn't either he might have been for seven i don't remember but um just like little stuff like that i feel like this movie wasn't made for the academy or for critics or for anybody it was just like a kind of big giant fuck you um my god i haven't been fucked like that since grade school says marla um really fucked up but really funny like just like shockingly funny like i don't remember her saying that but also like jesus christ that's dark because like it makes i don't know it's very dark um i can't get married i'm a 30 year old boy and I want bowel cancer. I love that little like tip that they have when they're going over who gets what. Um, are any other quotes yeah. for you guys? I love uh, after his apartment blows up and he's like looking at the wreckage and he says, "How embarrassing! A house full of condiments and no food." And he sounds <laughs> genuinely embarrassed. And I, I really like that quote. Yeah, there's just empty fridge casings. Uh, what about you, Jack and Sarah? I didn't write anything down besides. Uh, anytime they talk about anarchy and like 
fuck capitalism and let's burn, let's explode these buildings. When Brad, when Brad put says it, I just get bought in. If he started Antifa today, I'd join. I believe you, because you're a sellout. And, but I, honestly, I don't think you would. I think I think you'd flake on Brad. I think I would too. Do you oh think yeah. <laughs> Do you Big think time. that on Brad? Do you think that Brad actually believes in this? Do you think like Fight Club is like his his Mona Lisa? He's like, yes, that is what I believe, and I want people to cherish this movie for my performance because that is the real me. No, he pulled up to a set in a Ferrari. <laughs> I agree, dude. Not to like get too serious about it, but that's the weird thing about Brad Pitt. He's got a little bit of a once upon a time, like once upon a time in Hollywood vibe. Like he's joking while he's doing the scenes. Like when he was doing the one where he's sitting in the chair in the hotel, I was like, was he just like, like, just like, just showed up to set like, fuck it. I'm just going to read these lines and get this movie over with. He's kind of like having fun, which works for the character, but I don't know if it was on purpose. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good point because yeah, he does seem like everything is like a, a joke to himself that nobody else is in on. Like he's just laughing. Like, yeah. Ha ha ha. I'm really not that good, but I'm this good looking. So <laughs> suck it. You have to cast me. But I don't know. I think he's fucking amazing in this movie. And like you said he earlier, is. he looks so sick in that red leather jacket. That's like the most pimping outfit awesome. I've ever seen. And then he brings out the floral. <laughs> oh, he looks great. And then his abs. Like, I don't want to get too freaky deaky here, but good God, dude. Like, would eat whipped cream uh, off that man. No doubt. Um, I mean, as we're going down that path, why are those, like, mesh t-shirts not a thing anymore? And... <laughs> Can we make them a thing? Burbs, Burbs. Europe. That's in Europe, bro. Burbs That's just not here. Know where I'm going. Hey, you're talking Burbs, about the, oh, that would be tight. You're talking about like the fishnet fit? Yeah, he mm-hmm. wears two different fishnet t-shirts, <laughs> which means that they're selling them at a department store one way. It's not like a one-off. He didn't go to a thrift store and just see this. They have multiple product lines of fishnet t-shirts. You thought about that way too much. I thought about it so much. So much. I have tabs open on my computer right now. Let's say <laughs> you're looking for the results. Yeah, you're my, my mind right is now. only half on this podcast. <laughs> okay, I have the, more important things to buy. The goat section. Um, is this the goat club movie? So a movie about a club. Other contenders include Dead Poet Society, Stand by Me. I put Dallas Buyers Club, but I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> um, the, the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> Uh, so this movie's about like a, like a crew or people that come together John Wick. to obtain the same goal. John Wick, sure. John Wick's a really good one, actually. Um, yeah, is this the Goat Club movie? <laughs> That's tough. I don't know. I mean, excluding superhero movies, like the Avengers doesn't count. Dude, that's the ultimate club. <laughs> that's hard to get into. It's hard to get into. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if you're going to talk about, like, exclusivity, like, this is probably the easiest club to get into. All you have to do is fight a priest. Uh, the priest is awesome. I fucking love the priest. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love Stand By Me, but I, I guess that this would probably take the cake for me just because, like, it is a community, although we only meet, like, five of the characters in the community. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe other movies surpass it. Uh, I'm going to go with Like Mike. Okay, there you go. Yeah, the NBA club, the Brotherhood. Um, all right, what about angst? Just pure angst. Uh, Jack, Sarah is our resident. Actually, Evan, yeah, like all three of you. Very I feel like we're people. all comparable. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, this you're, is a really excuse me. Zoom. I'm extremely mature. <clears throat> I'm extremely mature. I feel like the father of this podcast. 
and you are my three children who I have to oversee and make sure you don't, I don't know, step on somebody's lunch at school. Um, yeah, Jack, go ahead. Is this the best angsty movie of all time? Do you feel the most catharsism? Is it catharsism? Yeah, uh, during this movie. I think so. I mean, they, spoiler alert, I mean, they end by blowing up so many buildings in whatever city they're in. Like, this is like, they take anarchy to the ultimate level. I can't think of other movies where they really push it like that, unless it's based on, like, a true event, I guess. But, I mean, no one's really pulled it off to that extent yet. So, I think that that, or you could go in terms of, like, Lady Bird from last week. Like, teenage angst. So, I guess it kind of depends on what angst you're talking about. Yeah, I was thinking about that in mid nineties. Like those are both just really angsty movies. Oh, like mid nineties. Yeah, they just have so much. It just resonates with so many people. What about you, Evan? Uh, Team Freak. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like this is pretty angsty. I feel like Randall Pink Floyd in Days and Confused when he's refusing to sign that drug pledge. He's got some angst in him. His angst is building. He's a pre-angster. But yeah, I don't know. This might be it. This might be it. <laughs> This movie isn't. This movie takes such a weird turn from angst to anarchy, though. It just kind of happens out of nowhere, and they're like, "Oh, this is no longer about a fight club. They are blowing things up." Club. And okay, it's just yeah, an odd dude. Switch. That was a crazier kind of twist for me the first time watching it than Edward Norton and Brad Pitt being the same person. I did not see that coming. Totally. I would agree because I kind of. I think I already yeah. knew. That I felt going like every in. scene in this movie, you're like. You're like you're always like, oh no, they're not gonna do that, and then they do it, and then the next thing you're like, oh no, they're not gonna do that, and then they do it, and every time you're like, god damn it, like. <laughs> <laughs> they're really they oh, run yeah, really I mean, efficiently. Like, they have a great system in terms of what they're trying to get done. It's insane. Yeah, that's it's one of my favorite scenes is when he's flying around to all the cities yeah. and like every place he goes, there's a bunch of bunch like beat up people. It Such gives you Q Anon, Q Anon vibes. I hope they're not that widespread. <laughs> but you know they are. No, you know they are. You just have to know where you're looking. I was thinking, like, it, it goes from a movie of, like, guys that just want to feel something to guys that just want to blow up something in the snap of a finger. And then I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that Fight Club is the right name for this movie, or do you think that Project Mayhem would be more successful as, like, the title of this film? Nah, dude. If this was called Project feel- Mayhem, it would have made, like, six mil at the box office. Mm. <laughs> They would have got like an action movie director. It would have been weird. I feel like Fight Club's a good name. It would have been Michael Bay behind the camera instead yeah. of Fincher. Okay. Um. All right. The, the sound t- effects when they're punching each other. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh the TBE section. So this is the their best ever section. So, what participants in this movie is this their best performance or their best movie that they've made? Um. Let's start with Brad Pitt. So some other contenders. Um. Troy. I know Evan's a, a big Troy fan. Uh, <laughs> As Cliff Booth and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Jack, this is for you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, kind of the height of him. Um, obviously, every other movie that Brad Pitt has been in, really been Mr. a lot of so, as Rusty in um, the Ocean series. Uh, so yeah, the Ocean <laughs> series, and then I guess it would probably just be the Ocean series and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I like him more as Cliff Booth personally, because that's my favorite movie of all time. But what say you guys? Do you guys have, you know, our boy Tyler Durden or Cliff Booth as your primary pick? Ocean's twelve. Am I allowed to get in with get into it right now about why I hate Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or do we have to do that a different what? time? No, we can talk about that. A different I hate time. that we're freaking not, movie. We're not talking I'm a about Cliff that. Sarah. Too. That's we're, that's we're easy. Not, it's, that's might be a top five movie. 
Sarah, knock it off. You, won't, you won't get invited back on. We we do judge. I wrote that this was the here. best ever goatee movie goatee. Brad Pitt's scruff. This is pretty good. It's pretty good. She does have good scruff. It's the most those. appropriate use of a goatee I've ever seen. Okay, so then Sarah Durden or Rusty from the Oceans Eleven, Oceans Oceans Twelve, and Oceans Thirteen. Oh. Definitely, Durden is the more of an iconic, I think, character. Okay, yeah. Jack, George Edward Clooney Norton. steals the whole Oceans trilogy. We'll definitely be doing those at some point. We'll probably do all three of them at once, and we'll do it for like two hours, and it'll be amazing. Um, <laughs> all right, Edward awesome. Norton. Any um any nominations for Edward Norton outside of this? Perhaps American History X or Birdman. Or I have no idea which whichever Norton movie. The Incredible is Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> In which he got recasted. Yeah, that's probably the highest ranking angsty movie. So much angst, you turn into a giant green monster. That's next up. <laughs> He would that have been so out good. of place in the modern, like the newest Avengers movies, where everyone's like making jokes. <laughs> okay, I guess everyone's just making fun of this section now. So let's move on to David Fincher, so we can actually talk about it. So you guys could quit being children. What if the Evan, Hulk smoked cigarettes this... while he was in Hulk form? <laughs> <laughs> what if they rolled him giant cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, they'd have to be huge. <laughs> He like no, he has to smoke the regular size ones. He would pinch them really, really small between his fingers. He has to smoke 96 gram <laughs> cones. So... And he just looked like joints in his He's fingers. so hard for the light. <laughs> Iron Man uh, has to do it. D D David Fincher, uh, Social Network, Zodiac, Fight Club, Seven, Gone Girl, Evan, which one? Uh, which one takes the? He case also did Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I just think it's crazy that, that list of movies. By the way, I just it's insane. It's crazy. It's insane. He's, it's he's also weird how much Social Network sticks out in terms of like aesthetic on that list, and that most mm -hmm. people would probably say it's his best movie. I'm I I love the Social Network. I'm not you know I'm not I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time. So I probably go I probably go Fight Club. Really, you like Fight Club more? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I have, I have my problems with the social network. Um, if Sarah's not going to talk about why she hates Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I won't talk about why I don't think the social network is a 10. But um, I think Fight Club, I, I just like how creative it is. It's just such a weird movie that it got made in 1999 with huge stars. Um, yeah, I go Fight Club. Yeah, it was, I believe, I think it was like fifth for me on my personal list of his and it moved up to third so now it's only behind social network and gone girl i fucking love it. or no i'm sorry it's fourth because i have zodiac ahead of it too i love all three of those movies oh, okay um but yeah what about you jack if you're i'm sorry um the social network <laughs> 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 the social network is my favorite it's 7 30 hey i'm tired and jared leto what no no jared leto Probably Dallas Buyers Club, <laughs> right? I just want to throw. Oh, out I got so Jamie confused for a second. Was bleached hair. Okay, then Elaine and Bottom Carter. Mm. Bellatrix no. is strange, man. Bellatrix strange. She's really good in The Crown. She's been in The Crown for two seasons now, and she's like really good. Who's she's she playing? Really good in everything she's in. 
She plays the queen's sister, who is kind of like a, a little bit more on the edge, drinking, smoking, and but she does it really well. She kind of feel like she dials back her usual, like Bellatrix Lestange, like cackling, or in this movie being kind of crazy, but uh, she's really good. Okay, what about uh, um, Sweeney Todd? She's in Sweeney Todd. In case you guys are big, I don't know, barbers, <laughs> slitting people's throats, man. Great play. I love that play. Awesome musical. Um, all right. So could Leo have done it better? Um, let's recast Leo as Norton here, uh, just to spite Sarah. So that way we can get the Pitt and Leo experience once again. Um, they're my favorite on-screen duo of all time by a wide margin. And I still don't think he'd be better than Norton in this movie. I think Evan put it perfectly earlier. He's the perfect amount of gray mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Leo's got too much in here. Yeah. Leo's too pretty. Okay. Yeah, but what about as Durden? Nah. I think he would have done a really good job. Is what I'll say. Yeah, well, it's Le- it's Leo. He's always going to do a yeah. really good <laughs> job. He never does a bad job. You're never like, oh, he mailed it in on this one, except in Jay Edgar. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, the whole part of Durden is, like, he has to be charismatic enough to win you over, the viewer, but also, like, himself over as Norton. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know. I mean, Pitt's just so fucking good looking, so ripped. I don't know if Leo's ever been that ripped. I think that's part of like the attraction with him. It's like, oh, this guy has it figured out because he has an eight pack and stellar packs, and he's not afraid to wear a mesh shirt. I don't know if Leo's pulling off those mesh shirts. Is what I'm trying to say. In my head, Leo is round, like he's just round, <laughs> and Brad Pitt is square. And I think that Tyler Durden would need to be played by someone who's square. I that's just where my brain's at right now. Huh. No, 100%. Edward Norton does say, you know, or Tyler Durden does say, you look, I look how you want to look. I don't know yeah. if Leo DiNardo DiCaprio looks how Edward Norton wants to look. You could ask him next time we see him. But... Hey, with Greg Gatsby, Greg Gatsby, Leo. That's how every man wants to look. That's the peak. No, he's like... round. I want to look like yeah, Brad Pitt. He couldn't pull off that mess shirt. All right, so I guess Leo's too pudgy for Sarah's liking. Uh, that's what I've taken away from this. Um, all right, Not would you quite, rather no. them? It's fine. Okay, are you ready, Sarah? I, this yeah. Is, I got a would you rather for you. Okay. Would you rather date the narrator or Tyler? Oh, I know myself, and it would be the narrator. Okay. What about you, Evan and Jack? Who are you taking um, to Olive Garden? Tyler, obviously. Jack's taking Tyler. Tyler's the type of person that'll speak up for me when they get my order wrong. I can just see wearing a mesh shirt that I'm in. (laughs) Oh yeah, we can match. Oh yeah, I want to. Yeah, (laughs) he could tape me to the mesh shirt store. You guys going on a trip? A little trio day? Okay. Um, All right. Would you rather go to these recovery meetings as scheduled for a calendar year, or be a member of Project Mayhem? I know Jack's answer, but what about Evan and Sarah? Oh, I so was he, willing to put up an argument that Jack would say the other thing. Well, he would want to go to testicular cancer meetings. And I think, I think one day I'll need to <laughs> I think he would feel. I think he would feel seen there. I do have stories to tell. I can see that. That's it. The, all those people want to do is listen, bro. Damn, I might need to, I might need to pay a visit. <laughs> 
Okay, so I guess that's the upside of the pod. I thought Jack was going to go be a member of Project Can Mayhem. I go to the Project Mayhem meetings after the testicular support groups? You can I, do both, that's sure. That's open what Bob Okay, okay. Um, any other would-you-rathers? I didn't think of any. Would you rather live in Tyler Durden's house or the narrator's apartment? I mean, come on. Which house, right? wait, 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 wait. <laughs> if I'm at the apartment, I'm alone, right? And then if I'm at the yes. house, I get Elena Bottom Carter with me. And all those other dudes. And all those other dudes. Basement. Okay, I'm going to go with the apartment. Bob is buried in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bob, dude. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. Wait, what a guy. Just nothing but sweet to everybody. Till a bitter end. So nice. So sensitive mm-hmm. too, like when they like do that little hazing thing on the porch, and he's about to leave. They're like, "No, this is the test, Bob." Yeah, oh, which is such a weird scene when you watch it the second time because you're like, "Oh, so he just yelled at him that walked off the porch and like asked him to come back up." Um, All right, um, any spinoff ideas? I just want to say I would sit and watch in a movie where Edward Norton just talks to him. It's not in the movie. Hmm. That would be a great director's cut. That would be so interesting. That's fascinating because, yeah, I want to know, like, how it works, like, when he's giving speeches in the basement just because I can't really see him giving those speeches. That's why it, it was so hard for me to believe the first time that, like, that these two were the same person because, like, he's not capable of that. He's just not. Like, he can group guys together, I'm sure, and tell them I'm a part of – like, I started this club and all that kind of stuff. But actually – getting people's adrenaline going that just doesn't seem like his lane um jack you're the spinoff idea king you're the one who proposed this i don't even know what it was last week. francis hot too um, yeah this is your chance yeah francis hot too this is your chance to um speak to all those producers out there and uh talent agents in hollywood what do you got dude so i just came up with this one and, and it's kind of in the sequel territory but we're gonna take it and make fight club a it's the prequel to Suicide Squad and Jared Leto's character is the Joker but there's a bridge movie in between and that's all I got right now I really didn't write any I can't come up with any for Suicide Squad I'm not Suicide Squad for Fight Club (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what characters could like I don't know what characters could like exist on their own in this and make like yeah. you could watch Helena Bonham Carter's character, but that's kind of heaven knows what. And then <laughs> I don't know what you would do with Meatloaf. It'd be like a TLC <laughs> reality show, like As I, I'm a man with huge tits, and then like they follow him for like that. eight episodes, but like that's about it. Okay, I got you. Like, I got As you. I lay dying, <laughs> but with Meatloaf. <laughs> He's just reflecting so, on his life as he's being buried. All right, never mind. Go on. Narrator gets arrested after blowing up Chase Bank and Capital One credit card and all these buildings. Goes to prison. Starts his own fight club there. Little revolt gets going. Tyler shows back up, but this time he's like a lunch lady or some shit. Still wearing mesh, but this time it's as a hairnet. And then they incite a riot from inside the prison. Break out. And then they go to all the mass incarceration systems and they just fucking finesse everybody out of there. 
and then we have our own little reboot. Crazy. Yeah, that's sick. I'd watch that. Wow, that would be sick. He has to get arrested, right? He's not getting away with it. I was just gonna ask, but dude, I mean, when he goes to the cops, two out of the three cops that we meet are part of this like organization. Like how every city he goes to, everybody is in this. That's what I always think is he's just cooling in this building. After all these buildings blow up, it's like, is this like a worldwide thing? I mean, does he is he the president now? Is anybody going to come arrest him or is this just Stan? I found that kind of challenging for me, like the universality of like this, like aching to be punched in the face. Like I've never wanted that in my life. Would you guys want to be a part of a fight club? Say you find out about Fight Club in Iowa City or Des Moines or Chicago, wherever it is. You think you're going to go check it out? I would never go check that shit out. I would get out of that bar immediately when I find out that fucking Tyler Durden's walking in with a leather jacket. I wouldn't even want to be in the, the crowd, face. honestly. Like, Mm-mm. I don't know. I think a little bit of this movie is like a kind of a midlife crisis movie, though, too. It's not like for like young 20-sums who maybe have some hope left. This is like when you've been working a nine to five for 15 years and you are just absolutely like beaten down and you just feel like your life, you're just like waiting to die. I mean, that's what one of Tyler Durden's quotes is like, this is your life. You're dying one minute at a time or something. And I think that's kind of the idea of these characters. Um, not saying that I would go to a fight club, but I don't know if I'm quite like in the place where I could supposedly maybe sort of understand the idea behind why they do it. All right, is that all we got? So, all right, okay. Well, this has been Running Back Fight Club Edition. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Um, it's not available to stream right now, so if you want to rewatch it after listening to this podcast, you have to rent it um, from whatever video on demand site you prefer. Yeah, rent, uh, quote unquote. Um, what do we have next, guys? What's um, what do we have next for the people? Because I actually had a couple of people come up to me the other night when it was Hobbit's birthday, and they said, "Oh, I'm excited to rewatch Fight Club." I was like, "Thank you guys for listening. That means you stuck around to the end. So that means that people are actually sticking around to the end for us." Um, so on our runabout calendar, let's see here. Ooh, Evan's gonna be happy about this one. Our next movie is going to be Richard Linklater's 1993 Days and Confused. Yes. I'm so excited. Starring as a super senior in high school. I didn't know those existed. Um, and also Matthew McConaughey in his breakout role. Um, I'm excited for that one. That's going to be sweet. We're going back to high school. We were just there last week, and now we're going back again. Uh, are you guys pumped? I am. I've yeah, only I know seen it once, but I really Woo-hoo! enjoyed it the first time I saw it. Yeah, Watch at the beginning of quarantine. Got to keep on living, man. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Um, and then the following week, we will have the Big Lebowski uh, oh, Brothers movie. So we got a couple of them lined up for you guys. Thanks for listening to the Fight Club. Uh, this is Fincher's second appearance, first appearance on the new feed. Uh, we did the social network a while back. We'll do that again in the future. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please do tune into Burbs Entertainment for all things TV and film. We'll have a lot more content coming at you soon. And I don't know, go blow some shit up. <laughs>